Good afternoon, podcast fans. Welcome back to another episode of Always Loading. And welcome back to the third episode of the Relatable Role Models. And I'm really, really excited for today's episode because we have with us today one of my old teammates, someone who I have so much respect for. His name is Austin Byler. Quick bio background on Austin. He grew up in Arizona with season tickets to the Diamondbacks pretty much every year of his life as a childhood, and then went to the University of Nevada, where in four years, he hit an average of just over 300 with 40 home runs, including 28 his junior and senior season. I'm sure that when he walked up to the plate, they wanted to walk him every time. (laughs) And then he got drafted of the 11th round by the Diamondbacks from his hometown, the team he grew up watching which I can't wait to get into that. And then in his pro career, in 270 games, he had 159 RBIs, 64 doubles, was walked 118 times, had 32 home runs, and two of my favorite stats for someone who was a power hitter, had 17 triples and was 25 of 34 in stolen bases. Totally surprised me. (laughs) I can move Uh, a little bit. In 2015, they were the Pioneer League champs, and I just am so thrilled that, uh, you know, our paths crossed back before I switched into basketball and that he's able to join us today. Um, So, Austin, thank you so much for being here. It is, honestly, like I said, we're going to talk more outside the podcast because you're someone uh, I'm excited to reconnect with. But thanks for taking the time. Yeah, Jeremy, thanks for having me, man. It's amazing that we connected through baseball, and now you're out playing professional basketball <laughs> in a different country, man. <laughs> you're you're the nomad I love to see, man. So keep it up, keep up the good work, and I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm so glad that like my life took me on a detour of where I wasn't supposed to be to end up where I was supposed to be because I made so many amazing connections uh, in the baseball world before I moved out here. Absolutely, man. It's crazy how interconnected this world is when you really put your mind to it. Absolutely. Well, as I had a ton of fun uh, researching you, because obviously I knew you as a teammate, but I also really got to see through research that family is so important to you. And you do something that I talk about. I used that this podcast actually used to be called the New Masculine Podcast, because one of the things that I've learned over the years is that when I'm myself, I have so much better, I'm so much more connected to myself and I play so much better. I'm more free. And one of the things I notice is that you are so absolutely loving to your family, openly loving. And a lot of people, especially in the like man world, sports world, they shy away from like showing love and affection. So I actually wanted to start with that today. Like what does family like mean to you? Yeah, man. So my family, I mean, they're absolutely incredible individuals and and they've really sacrificed a lot in my life for me to be able to do what I've been able to do. And I wouldn't be here today on this show with you talking about baseball and life if it wasn't for them. And they raised me so well from a young age and taught me discipline, taught me work ethic. Uh, My mom and dad are both basically entrepreneurs and and kind of doing some self-employed deals throughout their careers. And it really taught me how hard work is going to make things work out for you in your life and always be respectable. I mean, my mom, it kind of gets back to how we talked about, Hey, I'm, you're glad that you were where you weren't supposed to be to get to where you're supposed to be because we were able to meet, like we were able to meet and have a connection. And she's like, Hey, be respectful to everybody that you meet. Don't burn any bridges. Always be a good person. That's going to take you really far in life. And I think them instilling that in me throughout my life has helped me kind of, get to that next level where I can go back and give to other people and and be the best version of myself. So being with a family who's a big family, man, six of us or eight of us total and a lot of kids. Yeah. A lot of kids, a lot of people, man, it's, it's chaos. We got three dogs. It's a lot going on, man, but it, it taught me patience. It taught me that family matters, that being with the ones you love matters, making the time of your day uh, to be with them, spend time with them, hang out with them, ask them questions, how their day went, it all matters. And to be with a family who, man, like we've been through it all. And I think one day we're going to write a book about it. <laughs> you know, we, we've got to, but we've been through a lot, man. And together it's really molded us to become the family we are today. We're both entrepreneurs. 
Yeah, my mom, she's self-employed. She's kind of had started her own business with a candle company called Gold Canyon Candles. And then my dad, he kind of inherited my grandparents, so his parents' uh, tile business. So he was doing that tile business for, oh, man, over 20 years. And he's recently out of that now. It's a little tough on his knees, so he's in project manager for a glass company now. But they both kind of made it on their own, man, and they they started some things on the, on their own, and they understand the grind of – going into something not knowing what's going to happen and keeping faith in that through that and instilling that into their kids is what they've done and it's like one of my favorite attributes that they've given us that's kind of what i was going to ask and how that affected not only your mindset but i feel like so many people miss out on perspective you know so many people are so afraid to try things because it feels so permanent like a change feels permanent um and what they don't realize is that the person that you become from making these mistakes from having these long-term connections of someone that you met in your, like, I haven't talked to you in, I mean, like other than what we've seen on social media for what, six years? Oh, at least man. It's been, it's been a while. Uh, Definitely six years for sure. Maybe seven. Yeah. But, but, but like with the person that you were, you know, with the person, like the connection that we had, it really doesn't feel like it's been that long. And I feel like, you know, people don't realize that, when you put yourself in a new situation, you have no idea who you're going to meet. You have no idea, you know, those connections are so much more important and, and the failure and the learning, like, you know, I talk about that baseball is one of the best things that ever happened to me because I regretted it so much. I regretted not standing up for myself. I regretted taking a back seat so much that like, I never would let myself do that in my basketball career. Like I needed that. You know what I mean? Like, do you feel like that your parents having that openness um, really has shaped who you are like yeah no it definitely has I mean having the openness to say hey go try something new like go to this team let's go jump into this new team we have no idea who the coaches are or the people around there but hey we've heard it's a good fit go out there and try it because you never know if you don't try and I think that's something that helped me stay at the University of Nevada man because honestly I was I debated transferring my freshman year. I just didn't think it was the right place for me. I had a lot of negative thoughts going in my mind. And at the halfway point, they really helped me realize like, Hey, maybe you're supposed to be here for a reason. Like maybe you're supposed to grow and and all of that. So what were those, what what were those, what were those negative thoughts? What was, what was going on? Oh, a lot of doubt, man. I I just, you know, going from high school to college, it's a big jump. Instead of going three or four days a week, you're going six to seven. And, you rarely get any time off. It's, it's a circus there at, at first when, if you don't have your mind in the correct place and my mind wasn't in the correct place where I was ready to handle that. And where I think, your mind at? yeah, I was just scattered, man. I was, I was negative. So negative self-talk. I was telling myself, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't belong at the division one level. Maybe I don't belong with these guys. Uh, maybe I'm not good enough to compete at this level for a long period of time. Maybe I should go to a junior college, get better, get drafted, see what happens. And I think the fact that I stayed, stuck it out, got out of my comfort zone, man, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. is such a common term that's used, but I love it because it's true. If I wouldn't have stuck it out and stayed, I wouldn't have met all the hundreds of people that I met in that community in Reno, Nevada, and I wouldn't even met anybody in those those college uh, summer ball stations where we met in Klamath Falls and then in Katuit and the Cape. Like none of those relationships would even exist today. So I think pushing yourself to get out of your comfort zone, to go do something new, try something, even if you maybe don't like it at first from an outside glimpse, because you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. But like, what was it a conversation that you had with your family that kept you there? Was it um a moment was there a moment because you, you probably were pretty close to quitting it sounds like then like you you were looking at other schools damn you're like what what else could i yeah man i was basically i just had a conversation with them hey is this really what i want to do and we sat down it was probably over that winter break so in december sometime when i got back from my first semester and we had an opportunity to where i think i was going to be able to play my freshman year, which I ended up being able to play and contribute a lot. And I think it's just the conversation that we had about like, Hey, trust yourself, like trust who you are, trust what got you to this point. Like you are good enough. Um, Don't believe those negative thoughts in your head. So we actually watched the secret. I don't know if you've heard of the secret, but it's all about the law of attraction and bringing positivity into your life, seeing your vision, visualizing. And it's kind of that mental side of life. And 
that helped me a lot, man, because it helped me realize my purpose, my why, why I was playing in the first place and why I did belong here. And I went in really prepared to that spring year and had a pretty good freshman uh, year of college. Mm-hmm. You said you said you guys watched The Secret. You were cutting out a little bit there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching The Secret. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've heard of The Secret, but it was great. I have actually. Yeah, oh, great, great video, and we watched that. Man, it really helped me bring on that mental side of the game, mental side of life. Discovered why I was doing it, um, why I wanted to play, and, and all of that. And for those and for those who haven't heard of The Secret, there's actually a lot of. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it negativity, but there's actually a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people that talk about the secret. It's that like, you know, you can manifest anything in your life. If you stand in front of a mirror and picture yourself, you know, in the uniform of the professional team you want to wear someday. Like if you, you can take yourself some places, it's like manifesting that belief. It's being able to, um, and then they even, a lot of times in the secret, they even take it a little step further, which is why I think it gets kind of a negative backlash. They're like, Are you, if you got stopped by a bunch of red lights, well, if you can manifest the green lights. And we were out, that's where I was like, yeah. no, I don't know if that's a, that's a little, that's a little much. Uh, but there was a time <laughs> where I had my mind so wrapped up in the secret that like, I was like, mom, I had so many green lights coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, so yeah, but like, it, you know, regardless i feel like you know trying to figure out a way to um overcome our mindset and this is actually where i'm going to go next it is so important and i want to know the effect um that aaron nielsen had on you because i don't know about you but for me he was the first guy that i met that was fired up about life that didn't really seem to sleep that much. That was a complete alpha male, but in a complete loving and positive way. And I feel like so many times alpha males um, are more negative. Um, they are, you know, they, they, he was just one of the first people in my life that I ever met that was an alpha male that just like, he made us, you know, he, we, we were giving each other massages before the game. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Like we, we worked out like savages and, and we just, we, we killed, I mean, we, we went from two and 18 to 18 and two that year, but like my mindset shifted that year. Like I felt like I was free to be myself. Yes. No. And so I want to know the effect that Aaron Nielsen had on you. And I want to know if that was kind of a turning point for you. Yeah, man. Honestly, Aaron Nielsen, he changed my life. That was the complete turning point in my career. Because, like I said, the secret, I was introduced to that side. But just like you said, man, it was almost a little too much. Um, the see your vision, all this, like it was almost too much of that coming in at once. I wasn't ready for it. And when I saw Nielsen, I just could not understand. And I told him this a couple of weeks ago, it's crazy how this world connects, but I was like, dude, I never understood why you have so much energy every day. I was wondering why the heck you were so fired up to be flipping tires and doing some crazy arm exercises and running up to reggae and, and going all over the field. But now I get it because you're so fired up on life. And now that I can feel that way, it's like, man, now I understand how this guy was living for all these years. And, and he just brought that mental side on, man. We talked about reading, calming the mind, uh, feeding the mind positive thoughts, being able to get outside, enjoy time together. You know, we did all those workouts and it was crazy because we had 10, 15, sometimes the whole team would be out there. And it's at a summer ball league. Like that's that was, not... Those were pitcher workouts. <laughs> yeah, and it was just for pitchers, but the hitters wanted to go. Like, that's how cool it was. I was like, man, I'll go work out and then go to Nielsen's because I'm, like, I'm fired up for this, man. I want to I get out there, take the shirt off, get a tan, like, go hang out with my boys, man. So, Nielsen, man, he changed my life. And he brought on the passion for the mental side of the game that I started to realize was so key. I think the biggest shift in my career was from my freshman to sophomore year in college, uh, statistical-wise at least, because – I came in so much more prepared. I came in learning how to deal with the difficulties of, of dealing with the new coaching staff and a new area. And, and uh, by area, I mean like region geographically and like getting out of your comfort zone, being with new people from all over the world. And this dude just fired me up, man. And like, I get fired up talking about it because he's such a good person. He loves and cares about every single person that he encounters with. And his goal is to really just change the world and, and create this positive outlook on the youth so our, our next generation can grow up and be positive citizens in this world, man. And to be able to experience that firsthand with him and obviously you being a part of that, and I think it helped a lot of us grow out of our 
regular comfort zone and got stronger mentally, stronger physically, and just more passionate about what we were doing. And man, he's yeah, just, and, uh, and, that guy's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually, I want to have him on here at some point. I, I haven't reached out to him in a little bit, but you know, that I think, and when you look back at the times when you kind of feel like you're in a rut and you feel like you don't have as much energy, I feel like you're not being good at life. Like it's, and that's just true. Like you're, yeah. you are, you may be focused pretty hard on one thing, but you're like putting your head through the wall for like a couple hours. And then the rest of the day, like what do you, you know, you're not focused on every potential opportunity and every person that you meet and every conversation that you might have. And then once you get in that flow, that's what I was telling you. This is before we started the podcast. He asked me how I was. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm in such a good flow right now because I used to have this mindset of, oh, I'll teach people when I get to my next opportunity. I'll, I'll start giving back when I'm at my you know, next professional team, not realizing that I get so much energy and fulfillment from putting out my energy and what I've already learned and already been through and the love that I've learned how to develop and like being able to be a man and show love to other people. But like every second is an opportunity and not just when you're on the court. And then when you step on the court, you know, it's, I haven't even thought about that yet there yet. And I feel like so many times we, we live at home and we're focused on work and then we're at work and we're wondering what we're missing at home instead of when we're in the moment at all times, which I think that's what Aaron Nielsen kind of taught me is like, and like, because we, we were, and we were thinking about just being better human beings. Like, yeah, like you, what, what was probably happening, like your freshman year, you know, when you have those negative thoughts, it was, baseball, baseball, baseball. And then you're in the classroom thinking about your swing. You're thinking about this. And am I good enough? And like, instead of being really just fucking good in the classroom and being like present. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's just present, dude. Be where your feet are. Be in the moment. Be intentful with every action that you do, no matter what it is. And like you said, I just want to hit on that fact, man, of it, it, may, it opened my eyes when you said that to me, because sometimes we lose perspective in our own life and we realize like, say we're going through a down slump in our life, maybe a slump of a week or a slump of a month. And you, and you realize you're not doing the things that are going to put you in the best position to succeed. And when you kind of mentioned that, man, it's like the more you give back and the more you inspire other people and motivate them, it gives you passion, dude. It gives you fuel to yep. be a better person version of you. That's awesome, man. It really does. And, and like, you know, there's so many podcasts out there right now and, I I just really hope that people do it because they're fulfilled by it and that they're not trying to, um, you know, make a name for themselves. Because when you do it for the right reasons and you get that energy from giving love out there in the world, holy shit. Like, you, you I used to joke that I was afraid to stand on this frozen lake in Lithuania because I was afraid I was going to fall. Because <laughs> it's just insane. Anyways, um, I, would, yes. I have a, a little question. scary. <laughs> <laughs> um staying with mindset and uh and preparation um what was your mindset like because i honestly truly believe this and i may be wrong and i'll be excited if i am um i always felt like i was good when i stepped into a box if i had a really good on deck mental setup like if i was prepared mentally on deck and if i prepared right in the cages like you know, I, I felt like I was always going to do well once I stepped on, once I stepped in the plate. So what was your mentality like, not at the plate, but what was your mentality like in the case? How do you like on deck? Cause I really think this could be helpful for people when they're right before they, right before they go into a meeting, you're on deck, like right before you go into, um, you know, a phone call that you need to make a sales call. It's you're on deck and you're about to step into the game. And so, and then when you're, you know, going through the reps, like you're in the cages and then once you're out there, I feel like it's just game time and you need to be prepared enough that it just kind of shuts off and you, you're free. So what's your mentality yeah. like on deck and in the cages and how is that translated to into the business world? Yeah, man. So the on deck approach, kind of like you hit on your on deck before a meeting, you're on deck before the game, whatever it is, like that's your mental preparation. So for me on deck, I would focus on my breathing no matter what I do in that on deck on deck circle no matter how many swings I take no matter how many thoughts I try and think of mechanically whatever it is it's not going to help me okay it's just going to hurt me I knew I knew that I need to go up to the plate as relaxed as possible which can also be against the norm because a lot of people think you need to be all jacked up going up to the plate really ready to hit no I think you need to be relaxed calm in the mind it allows your body to react better and when your body reacts better, you rely on those natural processes that you 
that you've done throughout the whole day, throughout your whole career of being in the cage and grinding and getting all that physical work in. So it was more of a mental preparation uh, point for me is just focus on my breath, deep in through the nose, out through the mouth, calm the body down, relax the shoulders, focus on the pitcher. Um, I just wanted to think about timing. I didn't care what he was doing. I already knew what he was doing. I knew what he was probably going to do to me and how he's going to approach me as a hitter. So I just kind of worked on my timing and, and tried to be as slow, ready to hit as possible in a good position, man, and just be clear in the mind because your mind can tell you so many different things. And when you get in that box and that thing's going a hundred miles per hour, you're screwed. <laughs> you're not going to hit anybody. And I think when you can get in there and be relaxed and know what you're trying to do, what your approach is, what your plan is beforehand. And now it's just go time. You get in that meeting, you get in that box, you get in the, on the court and you're ready to go. Now you let your natural ability take over. And that's when you see these peak performers in life start to take off, man, the Mike Trouts and, and LeBron James of the world and, and all these top athletes, man. So it all started before all this, man. It started in the cage. You know, I knew who the pitcher was for the most part, righty or lefty. I would visualize kind of what he's going to do to me, what he has if I've seen him before. It's crazy as athletes because we have like this weird memory bank that we may not remember the answers to our math test, <laughs> but we'll remember what this left-handed pitcher from 1995 has when I faced him 10 years ago. So it's just this crazy deal, man. The exact sequence that you saw. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. You know exactly the trajectory of a slider. You're like, I got him, I got him. So you're basically building up your confidence throughout the whole day, man, and preparing yourself for that at bat. And I didn't want to tire myself out with so many swings. I wanted to be more mentally prepared, mentally locked in, because then I could let my body and my natural ability take over in the game. You know, and I feel like I've actually been working with a ton of basketball players. I know a lot of the, you know, when I, when I put this podcast out, it's going to, I'm going to direct it towards a lot of baseball players because I know that you can help so many people, but athletes in general need to hear this because, you know, one of the things that I try to incorporate in my drills and when I'm trying to work with someone is I see someone be predetermined and they're mm. trying to, and they're not reading the situation in front of them. They're not relaxed. They're not like letting their like athleticism take over. And I can't, I can't tell you people how important that is to, to, and I, what I tell tells people too, is like, you're the culmination of your last six months. Like there's nothing you can do right now. That's going to change the outcome except for relax and trust yourself. Yes. Like, and, you know, including with speaking, including with everything, you know, I used to not prepare for speeches and um, people would be like, well, do you have something to prepare? And I was like, no, not really. They're like, well, what are you going to talk about? And I was like, I don't really know. And they're like, well, aren't you nervous? And I was like, no, I was like, I've talked to, I've been talking to my friends and family and, and people on the phone and everything for the last six months. What's going to change? Nothing. Like nothing's going to change between today and tomorrow. Like I'm used to this. Yeah. Like it, just I don't know I, I feel like so many athletes like need to hear that kind of stuff no it's so big bro because I think of it now taking into like the the business world or going into meetings when I'm speaking to different schools or programs and I sometimes find myself I'm like like replaying in my head people ask me hey like are you prepared what are you going to talk about on this like what do you want to talk about with our guys and I said look man I like to show up and whatever comes to me comes to me like I feel like I get there I'm ready to go and I just want to have a conversation you know, I want to have a natural conversation. I want to ask questions. I want people to be involved and I want somebody to take one thing out of it. And I've said the same things over and over in my whole life that I believe are true. And, and what I'm going to say in a speech tomorrow or in a speech three weeks from now, isn't going to change within 24 hours. Like you said, like you're prepared, you talk about it with your friends, your family, you're constantly reiterating it to yourself. And we've, we've kind of got it mapped out, man. So when you get in there, you can be stress-free, ready to go natural because you don't want to have something. I just don't like the whole script deal. You know, I like to be able to go in there and, and, right. and feel the energy in the room, feel the energy from the people I'm talking to. And then from there I'll determine on the fly, like what I need to do, what I, where I need to go with this. Right. And, and yeah, that's just preparation. You know, there's, there's a question I wanted to ask you because I know, um, a lot of teams, we work with a lot of charity organizations, the division one level, or even at the professional level. And a lot of times we get to meet kids and because one of the things I really like to drive home is perspective. And when you meet a kid that's, you know, got ALS or that's, um, you know, been paralyzed or had a stroke, 
and you just see how amazing they are and how happy they are. And, you know, and then you look at our own bodies that we've really developed into like damn near machines. And it's like, good God, like we're so, I'm so thankful just to be here. And I was curious to know if you ever had any kids that you were working with that gave you more than you gave them. Yeah, man. No, there's, there's a few kids in particular, man, who I work with and I see their work ethic. I see how hard they work and how happy they are. And it radiates to you. Like when somebody's like super locked into what you're saying, your message, and they're open to learning, you know, they have an open mind and they have a good mindset on life. And there's a 17 year old kid, uh, dude, 17, man. He's a thing. He's a junior in high school, maybe going to be a senior, great ball player, great dude here in Arizona. And he said something at this mental skills, uh, uh, deal the other night. And it was at my funeral, like, I want people, I want my friends to be there and see me and be like, hey, like, like, I don't want anything new to come up in my funeral. Like, I want them to know who I am by how I live daily, is what he was saying. And it was incredible. A 17-year-old has this perspective that, like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm going to live my life, be who I am, and and show my best version of myself every day. And there's no secrets when I'm 85 and I'm dead or 105 and I'm dead, whatever it is, like, you're not going to learn anything new. You know who I was, you know who I am and I'm okay with that. And it was like incredible to see this like mature dude, like 17. It was, I, I couldn't even think of that when I was 22. And the fact that this dude's saying it at that age, it stuck out to me. So when I hear things like that from kids that I either work with or, or speak to or am involved with, Man, it really sets me back and, and it puts me in this perspective mode where I change my lens on how I see the world. And I'm like, man, I am so grateful to be able to learn from you. Like we're learning constantly from the people around us. And yeah, it's incredible. If you were going to tell somebody like one thing, because I feel like, you know, one of the reasons why I do this, like I said, is perspective is so important. If you were going to help somebody else shift their perspective you know, what, what would that conversation look like? Obviously it's, you know, person to person dependent, but, you know, let's say you're talking to someone who's 31 years old and they feel like, you know, they're stuck. They feel like they're in a rut. And, you know, one of the things I, I know I like to talk to them is be like, you know, they, they'll say something like, Oh, I wish I could go back to when I was 25. Cause you know, I, I just had so much gene and this, this, and this. And I'll be like, what, what would your 40 year old say about you right now? Mm, you know like they, yes. they would say i wish i could go back to when i was 31 like and i, I guess how would you cultivate because i know you started something that's called major league university and i know that mindset is one of the most important parts you know that we've found out because the reps are the reps are the reps you have to put in thousands and thousands of reps and you have to be focused about it but the mind is really where it comes from and a lot of times it's just from a perspective yeah. and so how do you help cultivate people's perspective and people's mindset at major league university yeah, man. The very first thing I ask them is, why do you play? If we don't know why we're playing, if we don't know why we're doing what we're doing, whether that's our business job or baseball or basketball, it doesn't matter. If we don't know why we are playing the game that we love, then what are we doing? We're wasting our time. So the first thing I like to discover is, why are you playing? Like, What drives you every day? If you could pick like, your three favorite things about your day, what would they be? And I want to find out just really to see where their head's at, man, and to see help them realize why they're doing what they're doing. Because so many times it could just be this little bump in the road, but we make it such a bigger deal. We make it a mountain because we get wrapped up in our own mind and we lose focus of why we're playing in the first place. Um, and I see that with a lot of youth athletes is they get so caught up in the results, man. They have a bad day, a bad weekend. They go for five and they strike out a couple of times and coach benched them and, and all these excess factors that we really can't control. We can only control how we show up to the yard, our attitude, how we, how good of a teammate we are, how good of a person we are to our family in and out of the game, how we respect other people in this world. And I think once you discover why you play and, and remember what you're doing on the field and, and the reasons why you're out there, you start to free your mind up a little bit and, and focus on the game at hand now. And, and now you have that clear long run, that long vision in perspective um it's helped me change my perspective man, and those around me so i like to really discover that with those guys and, and get down to the bottom of it man why are you playing the game that you play 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Because I know um, at the end of the day, especially I actually ask myself, uh, I ask myself three questions every single day. One of them is, why do I love myself? You know, and I feel like self-love is so important. And, you know, I feel like you need to be able to answer that question. And if you can't, I think you need to take time and like really ask yourself, like, why do what what do I love about myself? And, you know, the second one is, why am I playing? Like, why am I putting my body through this? Why am I, you know, and so I, I but I, my favorite question, and I actually might start asking this myself um, to other people is, what are your, th- if you could pick three of your favorite moments from your day, what are they? Because that, that's a, you know, that's a great question. I really think mm-hmm. it is. And I think it'll help a lot of people um, realize that, you know, maybe they aren't focused so much on things that actually bring them joy. Yeah. No, it's so true, man. If, if, if we could pick our, picture perfect life like how would it look how would your day look is it going out picking roses in the in these rose petals or is it out hanging out with your friends is it playing baseball like what is it that you enjoy doing because we're all different we're all going through different battles inside and sometimes outside and we're dealing with these these issues that overtake our lives man but when we simplify it and get back to the basics like what are my three favorite things about myself? Like, I love how you ask yourself that every day because like when I wake up, first thing I think of is why am I even doing this? You know, like why do I need to push through this thought that's telling me to stay in bed and hit the alarm clock and snooze it five times? Like, why am I letting this, like, well, how do I get through this? So when you ask yourself that, why do you love yourself? Like, why do you do what you do? It puts things in perspective, man. That's just amazing stuff right there. I'd love for you to walk us through a journey and I, and I hope you're okay with this, but I'd love for you to walk us through your worst, your worst month, uh, high school or college, uh, high and specifically high school or college of baseball, because I I think this will help put a lot of people on perspective because a lot of people, if they really looked online and looked at your stats and, you know, saw the impact that you had and, um, you know, you were able to live out your dream and be drafted in the 11th round and stuff like that. But I, first off, I would love to hear people hear you talk about your worst month. Because one of the things I talk about and why this episode is so relatable role models is I want people to realize that everyone's the exact same. Like everyone is 100,000% the exact same. Like, like they can do exactly what we've done with the exact same work. And like, they can even be better. They can be a lot better. And so I want you to walk us through your worst month in high school or college. Yeah, man, this this is going to sound super crazy to probably you and most of the viewers, but the worst month of my collegiate baseball career was the month of my juniors. It was my junior summer and it was the month I was supposed to get drafted. So it was those couple months, like the, the month leading up to the draft. And then the two months, especially after the draft, because I got drafted, um, there were all these expectations, man. Hey, bother, you're going to go in the third round. You're going to go in the fourth round. You're going to go in the fifth round. And my ego took over. I was like, yes, I deserve it. I deserve to go in the third round. I'm better than all these guys. I deserve to go in the second round because I put in all this work, blah, blah, blah. And I was pumping the wrong ego. And I should have checked it at the door. And it was such a tough What do you mean by that? So I like to think of it as when I walk through a door, like I check my ego there. So anything that's going to, uh, anything that's going to hold me back. Not that part. Okay. What, what do you mean? What, what do you mean by you were pump, pumping the wrong ego? Oh yeah. No, I was just feeding myself lies, man. Of, of, of false thoughts, man. Like all these things that I thought I was deserving of rather than, Hey, like, let's think about the things that I truly love and I'm grateful for. It wasn't, I wasn't showing gratitude is what I'm trying to get to. I was almost demanding that, Hey, like I deserve this because I did this, this, and this, instead of being grateful for what I did have to have the opportunity to get drafted and to move on and play professional baseball. Um, so those months, man, were just, they were extremely tough for me because it was so much uncertainty um, leading up to the draft. I thought, like I said, I was going to get drafted anywhere from rounds two to five and, uh, I kept telling myself that I was like, yes, this is when I'm going to go. If I don't go here, I'm not going to sign. If I don't go here, I'm not going to sign, blah, blah. And then the draft day came and most people were excited and I was not excited at all. (laughs) I was like, this sucks. Like get it over. So I ended up getting drafted in the ninth round by the nationals. um, And I didn't sign until the, I didn't sign at all, but I, I took it down to the wire. So 
from June 4th to July 15th, that month was terrible. I went out and played in the Cape Cod League for 10 games, tore it up, left thinking that I'd go sign and play professionally, and I ended up not doing it. I decided to go back to school, and I think that month and the month after when I saw all my friends who got drafted, who I was playing against, playing with, and they were out playing professionally, it was like the FOMO, bro, the fear of missing out. Like, I want to go out there and play. Like, I made the wrong decision. I shouldn't have came back to school, this and that. All these false negative thoughts. And when in reality, going back to school was the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, it was what I needed. And I think the, the fact is when we make these decisions in our life, sometimes they could seem so big. But in reality, they're just little decisions that alter the course of our true life and our true reality that we're going to create. And I think I needed to go through that time of, of uncertainty, of not knowing whether I was going to go play ball or not, of if I wanted to, discovering if I wanted to go play or not. And what I wanted to do with my life um, was huge, man. And, and it was so tough to go through. And looking back, I was like, gosh, I was so depressed, dude. Like I sit there in the summer, everybody's out, Mexico, California, hanging out on the beach. And I'm sitting here in my room, like not knowing what to do with myself. Like, do I go sign? Do I go back to college? What do I do? I've always wanted to go play pro ball, but I want to go back to college because I think we could win next year. And I love the people I'm around. So making that decision, it was so tough for me in my life. And I think I needed to go through that to realize and to help other athletes who are going to be going through this process every year um, to realize who they are, man. Because if you have your identity, if you know who you are, you had a name before the game, man. And when you discover that, you discover how powerful you can become. I think it puts some things into perspective where you can trust the decisions that you make. So you feel like that you hadn't maybe developed as a person enough to trust your own decisions and you were maybe a little more influenced at the time? Yeah, I would just say it was a lot of like, talking with scouts and and people in the baseball industry who kept telling you things they kept telling me that I was going to get drafted here and so I think it was almost an expectation is what I made it up to be in my mind like that's where I'm going to get drafted or that's where I'm going to go uh and this expectation that was just lingering was kind of dragging me down it didn't allow me to go out and do what I loved the most you know and go play ball um it made me feel sad 100 percent I, I Yep, 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 yep. I would, I, I would love. I did not know that this was going to go. I actually had a completely other idea for this, <laughs> but we are so going down this because I cannot express the importance of what you just said and its expectation. And you think about, think about this for a moment. Is expectation is the assumptions are the only thing that cause friction in our entire lives. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna talk, talk about this with relationships with upcoming opportunities, with anything, expectation and assumption is the only thing that'll get us out of our present moment and will make us be like, oh, I'm supposed to have this. Like, why didn't you, why I was expecting, um, it could be the littlest thing. Sorry, I just expected that to be the case. Like in a relationship, I expected, you know, you to call me, um, you know, once a day or, and it's that expectation of, and, and I freed up my life and my professional career when, and people ask me this all the time, like, are you excited to go out to Lithuania? Are you excited to go to Denmark? And you know what I tell them? I said, I have no idea. I'm excited for today. Because if, when I built up the expectation that, oh my God, I'm about to be this professional, I made it to be this big thing before I went out for the very first time, I was so incredibly disappointed by the time I got out here because I didn't realize that the summer and the life of, oh my God, you play overseas. Like it's not what it, it's not. It's never what it's all made out to be. It never is. The expectation is always so much either more or less. And then it takes it's, you're not even in the moment that you're sitting in. You're sitting in your bed in your room and you're not even in your own moment. You're you're trying to figure out the expectations and assumptions that have been promised to you. And I feel like not only that, not only getting a grasp on loving the moment that you're in so much that you don't care about the expectations of what's about to happen, but trusting yourself enough and being getting to a place that's so happy that you hear people without listening to mm. them like you hear what they say and, and this is so big for coaches because i feel like so many athletes are affected on game day um even in their lives by what people say to them and if you can get to a place where you're so centered mentally 
that you hear what they say, but you're not listening. Yes. And it, cause like you, like you can't let it affect you. And so I'm so glad this went down this rabbit hole because I feel like expectation is, is such a big deal. I mean, you were literally sitting in your room going over expectations versus loving your life. Yes. No, completely true, bro. It was... And you had no idea what to expect. You had, you had no idea what was actually going to happen once you did get drafted. And then once you did, did it even like, were the expectations different than what you thought? Yes, the expectations were completely different. I, looking back, I wish I didn't have any expectations on it. Um, but that's why we go through those processes. And that's why these chapters of our life prepare us for the next chapter. And that prepared me for the next year during the draft draft year where I had my most favorite year of my life of baseball because I realized that I don't need to live up to the expectations, first of all. Second of all, expectations is merely just noise. It's something that can hold us back if we believe it. And it's a false perception of reality. And knowing that the expectations don't define us is so big because now we can go out in the day, like you said, and, and take it day by day. I'm ready for today. I'm ready for this moment. And I think we, we make up all these these scenarios in our mind, man. Literally this last weekend, I'm at this uh, this gala deal with my girlfriend and she's like, gosh, the lighting's just not as as I expected with, with for the pictures. And I'm like, you're just kind of making this up. Like she's kind of disappointed in the pictures. I'm like, look, like you're just kind of making this up. And we do this on a daily basis in our lives. Like, oh, that coffee, it wasn't as good as I expected or as it usually is. And all these different yep. things, man. So being able to, to separate the expectations from reality is so big in whatever you are doing because it allows you to play freely, play the game of life freely, enjoy the moment, do what you love to do and be passionate about it. Because if I'm worried about these false expectations in my brain, I'm not where I'm supposed to be in the moment. Like you said, be in the moment. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, even think about it. If you even have expectations, like right when you're going to, if you have expectations on how the workday is going to go and it doesn't go the way you've already like thought about it going, like it's going to, it's going to impact you negatively. Like it's, it literally is. And you know, the other thing is, and what you said is actually really powerful too, especially for athletes is sometimes you start to expect that really, really good things are going to happen. And I'm not just sitting here saying like, be, about you know and have a pessimistic attitude about it i know you understand this but like it's it's have zero expectations that you put in the work you put your head down and then you love the fucking moment and then like if it happens it happens but like you you it's like a sense of calm that overwhelms you because you know how hard you worked and and then like so many other people that's the way they want they want you to be have expectations because they do too it's like a normal thing and when people have when the 90 percent people have normal mentality they want you to have it too and they're like oh i expect you to play well tonight it's like oh that's great like i'm just gonna play Jeremy, i'm gonna play and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna enjoy it no you're so right and and this is one more thing bro just to add on to that is i think when Please. you're stepping into something unknown in your life when you're going through an experience like for you you're going out of the country and now to basically five different countries that you've lived in and all these different languages and all of this uncertainty and when you're trying to separate yourself from the norm, from the average, when you're trying to be a one to five percenter in this world, it's not easy because like you said, people are going to try and drag you down. They want you to have the same expectations and you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose close people around you. And that's just the matter of life. And I've realized that ever since I took this step in my next journey, um, it's, it's been kind of crazy to see because they want all these little expectations. They try and put labels out there. But for me, it's like, man, I want to be there today. I want to be in the moment today. Like, I want to be the best person I can be. I want to be the best boyfriend. I want to be the best man, brother, son that I can be today, teammate of life, and to inspire people in the moment, man. And we always get – we don't always, sorry. We sometimes get dragged down by the people that are closest to us because – they try and put out these labels and these expectations for us. And we're like, no, man, like, this is yep. what I'm going to do with my life. This is where I'm going. And I'm going to go after it with everything I have. And that's so hard. And it really is. And that's where I have so much empathy, you know, and I'm actually re- looking at some of the comments um, on the Instagram live. And one of the persons, you know, very thankful. And it's great. And I love that. And another person is saying, you know, change your mindset. It's easier said than done. And one of the biggest reasons why is because of the people you spend the time with. Because when you start to change your mindset, and then you're hanging out with someone and then they, they ask, a, it's like, it's like they ask a question before you're ready, before you're ready to react the correct way, before, before you've 
become strong enough that you can actually handle that. And honestly, one of the biggest things that I had to learn was that even my own family, you know, and it wasn't their fault. You know, my mom came from a poor background. And so she had a, you know, the world's out to get me kind of mindset and that like, we have to be really careful. And I when I stepped away from that, honestly, in my year in Klamath Falls was kind of my first time away from my family. I kind of not only spent time around actually Nielsen was the second year. Um, I spent, I spent time with me and I learned who I was and I realized that I kind of shed that, like, let's be worried and the world's out to get me. And, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not our fault. It's not our friend's fault. It's never like, it's the environment that they grew up in. But if you're not strong enough to walk back into that environment and hear that and not react to it negatively, you can't be there. And, and like, I know, and like, just like what you're saying, like you're, you lose a lot of friends, but you also don't know the best friends that you've ever met. Mm. Like, yes. you don't like, and honestly, one of the people, one of the people where it was that actually was on this uh, feed at the beginning, he's one of my best friends in the world. And I didn't even know him until uh, like four years ago, three years ago. And it's like, you know, you don't realize that like so many of your like, friends and family, like they were situational friends. They were the person that sat next to you in math class. They were um, the person that lived across the street from you. Like they were whatever that is. Thankfully, the person across the street from me is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. He's one of my best friends in the world, too. But like a lot of times that was your friend. And then you think they're supposed to just still be your friends. And it's OK to care about them. But like it's time to move on. And it's time to I don't want to say get lonely, but it's time to get lonely and, and, and figure out who you are and, and shed that until you're ready enough to go back and impact them. Yes, absolutely, man. Spot on. And I had no, I had no idea where this was going to go and I never do. And that's, that's my favorite part about it. Like, yeah. You know, I love the I love the fact, you know, when you're talking to a good person um, that's done a lot of things and you've been in the ring, you know what I mean? You've been in the arena and you've been in the moment, um, and so that to have you on. And uh, the last question, uh, before I actually ask my last question, where can they find uh, Major League University and yourself, Mr. Austin Byler? Yeah, man. So my Major League University is just on Instagram at Major League University. Uh, you can go to MajorLeagueUniversity.com. Check us out on there. A lot of mental videos on there that are not only good for just baseball players, but anybody who's looking to improve their life, improve their performance in their sport. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well, Major League University, Twitter, all the major platforms. And then my personal is just Austin Byler. So Austin Byler on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the above. Feel free to add. I'm always messaging people, man. I'm always looking to help people like you are, Jeremy. And it's cool to just get reconnected to somebody who's so passionate about life and who really wants to make a difference in their life for other people, man. It's, it, it inspires me to see what you're doing. So thank you for having me, man. Likewise, likewise. And my and my last question that I like to ask people um, is, is we're all relatable. And at some point, exactly where a lot of these high school players were, at some point, you're exactly, we had the same mindset, we had the same amount of followers, we had the same everything. It's easy to look at you and be like, oh, well, it was easy for him because, you know, he played in the minors. Well, this isn't a microwave system. Like, you know, we didn't just get there. Like, it took the problems, the struggles. What makes you exactly like everybody else? And then what did you do to push through that? We're all broken. Simple. We're all broken human beings. We're all regular human beings, man. We all are dealing with issues. Uh, my issues are the same as your issues. Uh, when I wake up, sometimes I don't want to go work out. I didn't want to release my podcast for a week or two weeks, and I finally released it today. Um, sometimes for a business call, I get anxiety, man. I get worries. I deal with the same things that every regular day person deals with. It's just now that we're more mindful of those things that are holding us back, we're able to address them sooner and move on. And, and push forward. So, man, dealing with the anxiety, man, anxiety was a huge issue in my life. I've, I've got it a lot more under control now, but just growing up and I think the added stress of major league baseball, uh, college baseball as well, and kind of going into more of the limelight, not knowing how to handle yourself at every situation, dealing with the uncertainty of where you're going to be at each level, the different coaches, the different staffs, all the above, man. So, I'm dealing with the same things internally as everybody else is. It's just learning how to address those, 
learning how to love yourself, like you said, feel passionate about what you're doing, influence other people in a positive light. I think all of those, man, are what helps you move on and, and grow as a person daily. Because if you're present, if you're where your feet are, if you're in the moment, intentful action is always going to win. If you're there, but your mind's going all over the place, man, that's how mine goes too. But I just learned how to lock it in. I learned how to try and switch that mindset when I realize I'm going off track. And I think that's what can separate us uh, in this game of life and to help us live better lives. And actually, uh, I want to talk to these people because it was something that we said before the podcast. But um, one of the most important things, and he just said it, and I want to make sure it was when we are in the moment where things are starting to slide, the question that you ask yourself in that moment is so important. It's if you ask yourself, why is my, why am I struggling? Why do I feel bad? Why, why do I feel sick? Why am I missing this shot? Why am I pulling off on the baseball? Your brain's going to find an answer for it. If instead you learn how to ask yourself in that moment, which is actually incredibly difficult, what makes me good? It, it changes everything. Cause when you're in that moment, if you're, instead of saying, why do I, why am I missing? You ask, what makes me good? The answer to that question is balance. The answer to that question is whatever it is in that moment, like energy, what makes me good might be energy. So you might be like, okay, I need to change my energy. Like you're now focused solution oriented versus what's wrong. And that's exactly what we were talking about before the podcast. So I wanted to make sure you guys heard what he just said, because it is so important to understand that in the moment you have to ask yourself the best question. Yes, absolutely, bro. Austin, man, I can't tell you how cool this was. Um, and thank you so much for, and uh, yeah, I actually am going to call you once we sign off on everything, just to kind of say my, my personal thanks. Um, but I just want to sign off on the podcast first and just say, you know, just like we say at Always Loading, we are literally the exact same as everybody else, but it just takes consistency and discipline and moving in the right direction. And like I said, learning how to ask yourself the, tough, the right question in the tough moments. Absolutely, man. Thanks Thank for you. having me on, Jeremy. I really appreciate it, bro. This is awesome. I'm really excited for you in your future. Thanks, buddy. I'll call you in a second. Yeah.